everyone. Welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me by himself up in Ann Arbor uh, because there's no Michigan fans around, uh, Brendan Becklinden. Brendan, what's up, buddy? Oh, you know, um, I'm just over here making sure I have my... Um, uh, coffee filter because i'm coffee coughing coffee coffee filter on uh my face when i'm i'm traveling out into the world i'm literally uh eight days from the birth of my third child so uh i'm on cloud nine i'm pretty excited man i'm ready to talk some learning football that is that is wild we just yeah wait for wait for number three and and speaking of uh fathers of three kids jude is not with us tonight uh for hey we're dads. <laughs> so, Brendan, uh, what, was that you last week? That yeah, it was. Podcast? It was the yeah. first uh, first pod I've taken off since I think uh, I don't know, like November. I had a pretty I had a pretty serious run. When you said uh, it's bedtime and shit hit the fan, Jude and I were like, "Yep, yeah, we've uh, we've we've been there." So, <laughs> so tonight uh, we got uh, we got some really I think we got some great stuff for you. Uh, but uh, before we get to, to all that, I just want to remind everybody, hey, get your ass over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Five all stars. Your that to you, that, yeah, five stars. Uh, I, I think we can beg for five stars now, right? I, I've heard other podcasts. I uh, begged since day one. Five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't stooped down to the beg. Uh, wanted, I wanted to be, uh, you know, a little judicial about it, let, let people – do what they want, but oh yeah, okay. I'll beg for a five star. Uh, so, but whatever review that you do leave, uh, I will read verbatim, uh, which opens me up for all sorts of nonsense. Uh, but lately, it's been pretty tame. Uh, great reviews though, but uh, no one has uh, tried taking advantage of me, which is uh, uh, kind of comforting in a way. Uh, so I got a I got a five star review here tonight from Mekon Irish. It says go Irish, great podcast. If you love NB football, then you'll relate to these guys. Don't give us less than 90 minute shows. The longer, the better. That's what she said. I can listen to people talk about the Irish for hours. Keep it going, guys. Uh, also, something that she might have said uh, after a minute. Oh, got him. Yeah, got him. <laughs> <laughs> Ter- terrible. I got. I'm. I'm full of uh, dad pride tonight. Did you Did you see the tweet that I put out there? Oh, I absolutely. I had, I had, I had saw somebody had already done this. This is not my my creation, but I had saw somebody do it, uh, and so I thought this is great. So went to Google Maps, mapped out uh, from Poo Poo Point to PP Island, yep. and I made sure I made sure to show that to my uh, nine year old son, and he thought that was just the funniest thing on the planet. So <laughs> I mean, like, literally, hey, it is the funniest thing on the planet. So I mean, it's and it's the locations. Poo Poo Point is all the way on the west coast. PP Island is all the way up in like freaking Nova Scotia. They didn't decide to take a, a pit stop in Butler, Kentucky. What the hell? I mean, truly, uh, Ohio is the armpit of America. <laughs> but there, there is a Butler, Kentucky. So I, I'm not understanding why they didn't they didn't take a a stop over in Butler, Kentucky. If you're going to go from PP Island to Poo Poo Town. Yeah, what well, I I needed to. Uh, I needed to track this whole thing. It's a two days, 22 hour journey. Um, and uh, with, with going into international <laughs> space, which I don't, we're not allowed in Canada. 
So you couldn't even do this journey, right? No, I don't think so. Like, can't, not can't anymore. Turn us back. Oh man. So, anyways, I was pretty proud of myself on that uh, on that dad style today. I just I gotta say. Oh shoot! All right, so we are going to. Uh, we had a very uh, fun interview with uh, Ryan Danny with the Banner Society, also uh, at Celebrity Hot Tub on Twitter. I'm sure you all know him, uh, and uh, I think it went pretty well. So we're gonna roll right into that and check it out. All right, and joining us on the show is the editor in chief over at Banner Society and a member of the internet's only college football podcast. Uh, it's still around. Go listen to the episodes. Uh, <laughs> the shutdown full cast. And we are talking about Ryan Nanny, of course. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? Good. It's it's nice to be like a member of a dead religion. I feel like some a modern person who like believes in Apollo and Zeus. It's pretty cool. Well, you watch I, your tongue. I, I put it that way, but uh, that's <laughs> is there? You think someone's got an altar in uh, I, I don't know, maybe in like Fayetteville? You know. People get weird during quarantine, so I wouldn't rule it out. It's probably it's definitely not the weirdest thing somebody's done during quarantine. So yeah, I think there probably is one out there somewhere. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I I thought we'd hear a lot more weirder stuff coming out from people uh, from quarantine. And basically, it's just people buying bicycles and cooking a lot more. Uh, pretty pretty damn boring, to be honest. Give it time. I think like. I think once things are, if and when things are back to normal and you start like seeing people that you haven't seen in a while, it'll be like, hey, so like how were the last few months, blah, 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 blah. And that's when people are just going to forget the social niceties and they're just going to be like, yeah, man, uh, started started making my own sex toys. Just like always thought about it, had the equipment, uh, got it, got it shipped to me. And like, that's what I do now. I had this wood spindle and uh <laughs> I had to let it. I couldn't let it go to waste. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, we brought uh, brought Ryan on tonight to to talk uh, about Notre Dame football, and we're going to force him to do that since uh, I, I think I can count on on one hand the amount of times the shutdown full cast was able to bring up Notre Dame uh, uh, for for obvious reasons. So Ryan, let's let's jump right to it. Describe your feelings about Notre Dame, hate and ass Notre Dame. I. So of the members of the full cast, I probably I'm probably tied with Jason for the least hatred of Notre Dame. Um, that's not to say that there's not any. I think it's more that I can't I, I can't remember when Notre Dame like did something that made me really happy. And that's not necessarily Notre Dame's fault. Maybe that says more about me and where I'm at on my emotional journey, but I am sort of like, I am sort of past the point where I'm just like knee jerk, hate Notre Dame. I, all right. I did think of one thing that was very funny. Shutting out Michigan was very, very funny. And, and frankly, I stand by my long held assertion that after that game, Notre Dame should have said, we're never renewing this series. You have to live with this forever. Many, many Notre Dame fans were are with you in that corner. You are and, not and wrong. Many Notre Dame fans thought, look, Ryan, I don't know. I was in the uh, the um, uh, fired, it was FIDM that it was fighting Irish digital media. I was in their office right after that game. And people are going nuts celebrating. I mean, I was serious. Champagne bottles popping. Mm-hmm. And in comes, 
and Notre Dame, if you also announced the series with Ohio State uh, that day or that or maybe the Friday before, like, you know, so we're dropping Michigan. But, oh, by the way, we're announcing this two game series with Ohio State. And then you go out and shut them out. Well, here comes Jack Swarbrick. Cool ass Jack Swarbrick walking into the office. Didn't even crack a smile. I mean, people are going nuts. And the big talk was, was that we don't got to do this shit again. Like we were not playing them against that. And I mean, that was the big thing. I even recorded a podcast uh, with some with some Notre Dame people that night. Uh, my poor wife uh, sat in there with me uh, till like 1:30 in the morning, uh, which is a dope ass golf cart ride across campus. But uh, it, that was what the podcast was about. Like we're fucking done with this series. Let's mm-hmm. move on. Blah blah blah. And then they brought it back, which I'm fine with. But it but there was a lot of people in your corner on that one. I just, I feel like Notre Dame has, and I know I'm jinxing it, and I'm going to get that out of the way right now. I feel like Notre Dame has not been annoying to the rest of the college football universe in some time. Like, when they made the playoff, there was, like, no good argument, like, no, Notre Dame shouldn't be here. When they have not made the playoff or and sort of been on the cusp, they have lost enough games or lost the right games where Notre Dame fans do not like rise up in mass and start like rattling the saber to get a playoff spot that they don't get. Like they have sorted themselves nicely and it's it's hard. It's, I'm really struggling to find a time when I'm like, oh, they really got on my nerves. Maybe because other people took off up the mantle. Like UCF took up took that spot in a very big way, I think, for a while there. Um Clemson has certainly managed quite, to be quite, yeah, quite well. Wait, yeah. So like so yeah, I, I I I find it hard to say that I like have been annoyed by Notre Dame in recent memory. And I am I dare say that I am neutral. Now I will say part of this I will admit is that I worked with a Notre Dame grad that I know y'all have have had on before, Jessica Spatana, who I, who like is super smart and super talented, and I think she was probably the first Notre Dame person that I had ever worked with in a professional capacity. So most of my exposure before this had been. Twitter, which it turns out is a very bad way to learn what real people are like. Isn't that shocking? Says the man with Eddie Murphy as his avatar. Yeah. There, there was a lack of the uh, Every Day Should Be Saturday community of Notre Dame. I mean, there's, there was a few throughout the years, but yes. there, there was a, a certain lack thereof of, uh, of Irish fans going over there to state their case, which is yeah. probably good for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. I think in that case, it's just like, Hey, um, you can come in this bar, but there'll be a fight. So maybe you should just go to this other one and it's okay. <laughs> so you're saying we should send a thank you card to Conrad, uh, Urquipina, the Stanford kicker who kicked that field goal in 2015. Cause we would have been real annoying yes. with the, with the one loss yes. in 2015. A hundred, a hundred percent. Like, like, Y'all, Wisconsin, there are a handful of teams that have sort of like could be a problem, but you have found it in your hearts to not be a problem. And like, <laughs> I, you know what? If if I'm not thankful, I guarantee you the college football playoff is thankful. I guarantee you that they're happy that the only time they've had to deal with Notre Dame was the year where it was easy because they absolutely want no part of well shit. 
They have one <laughs> loss and it's a good one or they're undefeated, but there are other undefeated teams that we have to weigh them. They don't want to get into the whole, you know, they don't play a conference championship, but then you look at these, some of these conference championship games and does that matter and blah, blah, blah. No, they don't want to deal with that. And eventually they will. But for now, Notre Dame has not pressed the issue. So and what for happened, that I thank them. What happened for you in 2017 when Notre Dame loses a close game to Georgia mm-hmm. and then they make a trip down to um, not Miami, but where Miami plays football, not, not the campus in Coral Gables. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they, they do you the favor. They do you the, the favor of kicking Notre Dame out of the playoff. Yeah. But then you get Miami fans, you know, as a, as a Florida man, how do you, how do you feel about that? Is I, Yeah. So, so I'm not worried about Miami fans at all because like <laughs> Miami fans live and die in the, the pendulum swings are so crazy with Miami. Like if they beat, if they, they win one good, they win one game of note, they beat like the number 21 team in the country, whoever it is. And they'll just be like, that's it. The U is back. Respect will be paid. All those who doubted us will be, will fall. And then the next week it's like, Cool. You lost 14, 10 to Virginia. Awesome job. Guy. Like th- I, I never worry because I know that fate will provide and fate has always year. provided for the university of Miami, at least the last 10 years. And, and, and if it doesn't fit. eventually they get their come up and <laughs> right, right, right. Like this is, this is the school who went to the ACC and and the whole plan was there we're going to put them in the other division from Florida State and they're going to play each other for conference championships all the time and Miami's only made the title game once like i i think technically they've made it twice but it was because like or they should have made it twice but they were ineligible so i think Georgia Tech yeah. got it that year or whatever but like there's there's nothing there for me to say like, oh, Miami is the thing that I need to worry about. Notre Dame, at least, like those Georgia games are good examples. They were, you know, some of the Clemson games have been good examples, too, where it's like, OK, even if they don't win, there is enough there where you're like, OK, a few things break right. A few recruits come in. Some development goes well here, whatever. Like the idea of if you ask me, like, who are you worried on a year to year basis? might make the college football playoff. It's definitely Notre Dame and not Miami. And that's because I, I didn't wake up from a coma that started in 2003. <laughs> Which was a, uh, another banner year for uh, Ty Willingham. Yeah. <laughs> God, imagine waking up now from a coma in 2000. There's so much you have to have explained to you. Oh, I, I you wouldn't months. Of, of like a strict regiment of right. like 10 hour days of learning about where the hell you're at now. That's like right. At, and at, at, first I just, at first I'd just be like, okay, so are we still frosting our tips? Is that a thing? I mean, can't you just gloss over that though? Like, isn't there like a lot of things over the last 17 years where if someone was in a coma from Oh three to now, yeah. can't you just like not tell them things? Cause it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, Chubbawamba. You don't yeah. need to really tell them about them. Sure. No, that yeah, you can like you can skip some things, but like 
you're gonna you're gonna eventually back into it one you're gonna back into some of those things one way or the other right they're gonna walk into a party and here uh i get <laughs> knocked down and get really hyped thinking this is a great new song and everyone's gonna look at them like what the hell are you doing my yeah. my thing if i woke up from 2003 though would be a all right, what's uh, what did Outcast follow up Speaker Box in the Love Below? Wow, right? God, what did they follow damn. it up with? What yeah. was the follow up? And, and then the good news is you can say, you can say, well, one of them has had a pretty interesting and fruitful solo career, and the other one seems happy, and that's fine. <laughs> I mean, they got a great mural. I mean, they got a great mural. In, in, yes. In Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't beat that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to see uh, what the Florida, how the Florida Marlins follow up that <laughs> World Series, boys. Uh, I can't wait to see what Miguel Cabrera's uh, Marlins career ended up. Uh, we're, we're, Willis, we're both, we're, we're both train, Tiger fans, so uh, get the we, we train really... going two two all aboard. Yeah, you're even probably thinking like, oh well, the New Jersey Nets. They're great, right? And you're like, boy, I have two pieces of important information for you. <laughs> yeah. by, by the way, uh, pay homage to Jay-Z, would you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still like caught in a trance here of the 17 years thinking that's that's some Encino man type shit right there. Yeah, it's like I'm right on, it's right on the cusp man. where you like – if you woke up from a 17-year coma now, you have enough context of the modern world where, like, it's not, like, so long where you're like, what happened to the Holy Roman Empire? My goodness. Yeah, cars won't scare you. Right. But, like, just just the internet, just the way – think about the way you used the internet in 2003 and the way you use it now and having to walk somebody through, like, no – we don't use instant messenger anymore. We use Twitter. It's like that, except everyone can see it and everyone sucks. So instead of putting all my shit posting on the something awful forums, mm-hmm. I just put my shit posting on Twitter. Correct. Yes. Oh, I guess, I guess my thing is how do you explain to them that, uh, that Donald Trump ended up being elected president. Uh, that's so, that, that's going to be like, maybe that makes more sense in 2003 though. I don't know. Was the oh, apprentice a thing then? I don't I don't I think that's too early. I was watching it does harken to I was watching an episode of one of my favorite shows, The Beat Bobby Flay. And Bobby Flay always has famous people on there as a judge. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? If this show was in the mid two thousands, there is not a chance in hell that Donald Trump isn't on Beat Bobby Flay as like one of the, the guest judges who are trying to beat Bobby Flay. And I just go, dang, that's that's a thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, things, right. I want to ask yeah, you about yeah. this. Go ahead. I, I've, I've been staring at my computer screen for the last 15 minutes because it was just the last thing on Twitter. Uh, Minnesota's uh, <laughs> Outback Trophy uh, rings. Have you seen that? I yet? haven't. I, hold on. I'm going to I'm going to pull this up. Minnesota got, Outback Bowl rings. They, How many oars are on have, it? Did they, did they adorn them with oars? I, there's not a single ore that I can see on the top. I just see the top, but they do include uh, the governor's victory bell against Penn state. Uh, but it, the big 10 West trophy, which was a tie and someone had called about and said that they didn't even have that trophy, but apparently they do, but they also put down ESPN's college game day logo on the damn ring. For, the most, yeah. Yeah. It is the most PJ Fleck ring I could think about. 
I guarantee you, there's ores on that shit. This I, is I, there are there are you have to they are um it, on the underside of the ring, like the part that makes contact with the top of your finger. There is row the boat and two crossed oars, and there under is. that it yep. says Skiuma. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like it's so busy, is what it is. Like there's this is like the land grant trophy between Michigan State and Penn State. It's, it's just like let's just put this here and put this here. Yeah, it, and it's sort of like it, PJ Flex. Like, listen, this way, if you die in a car accident tomorrow, somebody can know all about you <laughs> just by decoding this one ring. This is like this is like Dan Brown type shit right here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, uh, yes, aggressively so. <laughs> so, PJ Flex a name in the in the Notre Dame world because everybody hates uh, Notre Dame hates their head coach. Like half the half the pro, the fans out there constantly hate their own head coach. Right. Uh, which is a lot like which is you know we have that in common with a lot of. Uh, when pro- was the last time that wasn't true? Who holds? Oh, okay. I, it's. Like Holtz, like straight up Holtz 88. Okay. Two but years think, of Charlie well, Weiss. No, no, no. Yeah, I'd say 05 Charlie Weiss. Okay. Because they were giving him a benefit of doubt. 06 happened and people started slipping off. But 05, you couldn't touch 05 Charlie Weiss. Right. Shit, he got a contract extension after a loss and, <laughs> nobody, and nobody cared. We all thought it was great. Like, yeah, this is fucking great. Sign him up. Buy some more pizza. <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're delusional. Sure. But PJ Fleck is a name that's that's constantly brought up by by others as as like a possible Notre Dame coach. And I'm I'm of the ilk that there's just there's no way in hell because PJ Fleck's brand can't coexist with a Notre Dame brand. Are are you on that same side or do you actually think down the line that's even a possibility? Well, it's it's it, it's I mean, interesting. There's so much to PJ Fleck. Yeah. It's not just PJ Fleck, it's like I mean, do we really need to put oars on Notre Dame's helmets now? You know you're gonna, uh, I mean, yeah, they're gonna show up. Yeah. Um. So what's interesting about PJ Fleck is that his his whole track record to date is sort of like go to program that is stuck somewhere in like <clears throat> mediocre to below mediocre. Western Michigan, Minnesota before that, the school that like would really love to have a nine win season. And he can like, he is capable of doing that and it takes some time. It takes some patience, whatever it, but like, I think he understands that that's that, that like, if he can get a program that will give him that time and space and the resources, et cetera, he seems to be able to make it happen. It is unclear because he did have the one undefeated year at Western, but there are a lot of like contextual things around that. And it's hard to say like, yes, that's sustainable, whatever, whatever. Um, it's hard to say like, okay, can he do the lead a team to one loss seasons, two loss seasons, undefeated seasons consistently. And like, I think it's one thing to say it's, it's kind of like saying there's a difference between I am the guy on bar rescue and I own a high-end bar and steakhouse myself. Like, yes, PJ Fleck right. will come in and tell you, like, everywhere that you have mold and inspire you to actually clean your kitchen and get your bar back on track. That is not the same thing as, like, PJ Fleck should be, you know, the head chef at the Four Seasons. 
or something like that. You're saying that the fact that he follows a coach that was on the sidelines eating a dilly bar during the game. (laughs) Listen, I I respect that because that is a person who knows what he wants and goes for it. Okay. (laughs) I just, I just, I mean, uh, look, I would love if PJ Fleck got the Notre Dame job because that would be endlessly fascinating and interesting because, you know, he, He's got the same trajectory as like FBS trajectory as Brian Kelly. Like sure. Back, you know, I mean, Cincinnati is, is, is an almost uh, power five program. And it is Brian Kelly and Tommy Tuberville and, and Butch, you got Butch coming out of there too. I mean, Wouldn't you Cincinnati's say that Luke Fickle is a more apt Brian Kelly comparison? Well, maybe. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is that, you know, Brian Kelly was like, he was, he was hundred percent casting call, right? Like Catholic, Boston Catholic, uh, you know, rosy red cheeks, was, right? His, yeah. well, his, his brand was pissed off. Whereas PJ flexes. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. let's go punch that mountain in the dick. It'll we'll show it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I really don't know if David Shaw would like to get punched in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think it's interesting that rumoredly, what was it like? two, three, two, three years ago, he really wanted the Oregon job and he didn't get it. And it's unclear if he even got that close to it. And the fact that Oregon, which at the very least you can say there's more tolerance for sort of like weirdness and shenanigans. And there's not as, there's not as sort of as much pressure to conform, I should say, as there is at a school like Notre Dame, like the fact that they were like, nope, we're we're gonna go get the coach from Western Kentucky, and he's not gonna stay. But <laughs> like like that, I thought was very interesting. It doesn't necessarily mean he would be a bad coach at Notre Dame, but like I can't I can't imagine what PJ Fleck in a struggle year in South Bend looks like. Like he will come to press conferences shirtless and like bouncing his pecs and basically saying, "One of you come fight me." <laughs> I, I I've been in that room. I, there's been there's been some games where that would be actually be a good thing. <laughs> they it's would better than him, after, it's better than losing to Duke and having yeah, Brian sure. Kelly up that's there true. saying that Brian Van Gorder did a good job <laughs> eight hours before he fired him. They would put him in Lake St. Mary and tell him to make like Gendry Baratheon <laughs> and just start rowing. Get, get the hell out of town. <laughs> There is a very proud intramural uh, rowing program. On there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, he could have made it work at, at Oregon. I just, with Fleck, it's just like, man, I, I am just, I'm just mystified. You know what, what really throws I'm me about Fleck, Fleck? What really throws me about Fleck is that you say PJ Fleck, Notre Dame. And I'm like, he looks like he should be in the leprechaun outfit. He just does. <laughs> like he's sort of got the energy and the vibe and like the build for it. I'm like, You there? Yeah, sorry. Got oh, dropped on for a second. I, no, sorry. I say he probably show up in one. Yeah. yeah, you could put him in the tiny little hat with the the coattail jacket. Yeah, I like would 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 he would y'all be cool with him coaching in the mascot uniform? I actually wouldn't hate that if you got okay. it. <laughs> I think the only fan honest. base more annoyed, the only fan base more annoyed with PJ Fleck if he was their head coach would be Michigan. Yes. Well, they have a clown in unto itself in Harbaugh because he's oh for sure, the, but he's their clown. He's yeah, their clown. Yeah, sure. it's true. 
Like they they raised that clown, and it's just like, <laughs> it's like you're it's your terrible kid. Damn it, Martha! Three, damn it, Martha! They're I got our clown. I know one of them is going to be terrible, but that's my kid. Uh, yeah. If he was somebody else's kid, I would have been telling my wife like, "This is a, this is a son of a bitch. Who the hell is he even existing?" <laughs> you know. So Harbaugh's their their clown. I think they know that. I I don't think they're they're ready to say it, but I think they know that. I think they're getting ready to say it though. Brendan lives in Ann Arbor, so yeah, he is he's, he's entrenched. They are, they are pretty getting ready to say it. This is a make or break year for the for for old Jimmy H. I I don't buy it. I don't I don't buy a make or break for him. Not 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 with Michigan. With They're the not going to fire, but the fans are going to be pretty tired of the routine. And you'll notice that the clown shows a little bit. Um, well, it was a little bit uh, unless you read his comments like a month ago. Um, that the clown show was sort of wrapping up and maybe focusing, but uh, yeah. So if he gets fired, does Dan Deardorff go on radio and say, sack time? <laughs> I just, I cannot, they can't fire him just because yeah. like, I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know, like, who do you go get? Who do you go get and say like, Hey, Jim Harbaugh wasn't good enough for us. And it's not like, you're looking you're it's not like a Brady Hoke situation where you're like or or Rich Rod where you're like, look at the numbers. We're barely winning seven games. We're not going to bolt like Michigan is not so bad that you have to say like, yes, a change must be. they're in this very weird space where it's like you could be better, yes. You could also be worse. And it is not and like you have been worse in recent memory. So it's, there's this I don't know. I don't know what you do there. It's Mark Richt, right? It's a very yes. Mark Richt scenario yeah. where you're just sort of te- – you're not winning conferences. Come in and uh, win much nine games division. for us, please, sir. Yeah, or um, uh, you know, Bo Pelini out in Nebraska. How many, I mean, how, many, uh, how many Florida-Georgia games, though, did Mark Richt win? Not enough. Right. So, I mean, yeah. how, how, how does uh, Michigan Mark Richt fare against Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, true. It's, yeah. Which is just – I mean, at this point is – Comical beyond belief. I mean, Notre Dame was there. We we, we dealt with Pete Carroll at USC. That was a uh, a, a terrible time for all of us. But uh, this is getting beyond that. Even yeah, <laughs> with, with Michigan and Ohio State, it's like, but and because there's no hope in sight. There's literally no hope in sight. Just just look at the recruit. I mean, Ryan Day may not even be a good. Ryan Day may may only have a peanut in his head, and it wouldn't matter because they accumulated so much talent. And go, you know, if you, there's not like their schedules are the toughest each year. Uh, I mean, you know, you did get blown out by Purdue a few years ago, uh, but uh, they, if they have their sights in hand of Michigan, which they do always, I, I just don't see that ever turning. Well, Mark, how the way things are, just, uh, the model for just doing enough to to you know riding the coattails for a season and then falling off, right? Well, it's the Larry Coker style. I mean, but I mean, yeah. at least Coker got himself a title. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's just impossible. It, it really is impossible because I like the only thing that I can come back to and say, like definitively Michigan has not done this. And it's the thing Jim Harbaugh is supposed to be good at is develop a quarterback. Like they have had maybe a season and a half of good quarterback play. 
And it's like, cool. Are there more Iowa transfers you can get? He's been there long <laughs> enough that the fact that they have not like recruited somebody brought brought them along and have them be like a top I don't know let's say like top 15 quarterback in the country is kind of nuts and and really it kind of makes me look back at the Stanford years and be like wait was Jim Harbaugh the like wonder kid or was Andrew Luck just amazing and it was a wonder like you know Greg Davis coached Vince Young you don't always have to you know give the credit to the play caller if you're playing with, if, if they have like that supernatural kind of talent paired with them. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really weird situation and it feels like, um, it feels like a loveless marriage on a research station where you're like, you could get divorced, but what would you do? <laughs> you're living on an oil tanker yeah. in the middle of uh, the Atlantic Ocean studying uh, dolphin migration. <laughs> right. What are you so, do? Like, so, like, I don't know, just, just kind of work that. around it and don't hang out too much if you can avoid it. <laughs> right. We touched on this already a little bit, but I I made a, I made it a point, I think, last week or and I've been. I've been here for like the last month, like I think hitting at home in a few spots. Do you think Notre Dame should just go ahead and just like the fans don't they, shouldn't they just really embrace like a villain role? Like instead of like trying to like correct, like the quote unquote haters all the time, like no, 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 no. Or, or whatever, just like, just roll up, put the glass sunglasses on and just, and just, just roll with it. Be the, be the villains, just slide right on in and be like, you fucking hate us. Good. It's, I mean, instead of, yeah. What will, will Notre Dame do that though? Like, I mean, can Notre Dame, I, think they, right, do, I well, think they do. Yeah. I think they do, but they don't, they don't have that persona of it. Like sure. they're a very crafty villain Yeah. Uh, because it's like, I, I don't even know who to compare them to, but like the school itself is that way. But the fans, I think it's just that they don't ever seem to like, like yeah, they tout up like right like we'll all, we'll tout up like all the accomplish accomplishments of Notre Dame, yada yada yada, but like instead of like when people hate when people are talking about oh they can't do this do that everyone tries to correct them it's there's just a there's a different way to go about it I think that's more of a of a dick move, uh, and Notre Dame fans don't seem to quite do that right. Uh, I, I, I think I see what you're saying. Like you can eat, you can sort of be Steve Spurrier where you're like, you don't like me. You don't like me. That's fine. I'm going to talk shit right. and I'm going to try to beat you anyway. Or you can kind of be like the polar opposite of that, which is just like, I, you know, which is maybe more like Bill Belichick where you're just like, <clears throat> I don't make comments and I do, you know, I only talk because somebody forces me to. And if I could, I'd just be sleeping on a giant pile of hoodies, dreaming of tape. But <laughs> Like, so you're saying, can you, so the question is like, can you pull that off? Because the Steve Spurrier thing works in large part because it's Florida and because Florida is full of like <laughs> villains or aspiring villains to begin with. And the layers are everywhere. Yeah. Kind of like it's it, all the like lesser Batman villains that sort of like had three arcs, like a three story arc and then disappeared. They all live in Florida. Is what I'm saying. So you're saying Calendar Man makes his uh, his summer homes in Florida. Calendar Man lives in Key West and is a nudist. That's what I'm telling you. All that right, fits. I can get behind that. Um, that so 
So, I, I mean, if they could, if if Notre Dame could do this, I think it's a good move. I think the trick is like, how do you avoid slipping into like villain in an eighties, like rich kid villain in an eighties movie where you're not a fun villain, where you're not like a juicy villain with, with like interesting shit going on. It's just sort of like, eh, you're kind of cocky and bullshit and you're not, and you can't live up to it. Like, how do you thread that needle? That's you gotta, so Notre Dame to make the heel turn to be like Hollywood Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is I don't Notre Dame could achieve villain if they went like the Hans Gruber model. I sure. Think that's one way that you could do where you sort of have that um, sort of nose in the air um, about you, Hans Gruber. Which is model. what 2018 could have been. It like, could have been. I, I yeah, they almost. I mean, they really almost have to do the impossible and win it to to make that total turn. Until then, they're just kind of like they're kind of finding their own way. Uh, to get there, they definitely the need. They definitely it. need like that win that they can hang their hat on, and yes. sort of make that the like fuck you, you the shoot you know. the glass moment. Yes. What a yeah. what a game against Alabama twenty like the the. Uh, game <laughs> you, I was the, really the, the twenty twenty Alabama game that won't happen yeah. if Notre Dame would have been able to to uh, get that scheduled and then beat Alabama. Is that the game? Is that what makes twenty twenty just turnt? If if. If that game happens and Notre Dame wins it, yes, 100%. And, like, that would be – for the record, that would be great. If if Notre Dame came charging out of the very weird gates that this offseason has been and punched Alabama right in the face and dealt them a season-opening loss, like, yeah, that would be exactly the thing to sort of, like, make people pay attention to Notre Dame – in a legit way, because it's not like I have a hard time, at least believing it'll be like Michigan or Texas or one of those games where you're like, they were ranked so high. And then by the end of the year, who gave a shit? Like Alabama seems very unlikely to be a team that at the end of the year, you'll be like, they're eight and four and they're not ranked. So who cares that you beat them at the start? Of right. The well, the start with Alabama, though, is who's Alabama's quarterback? Is it going to be Mac Jones? Is it going to be Bryce Young? I, I mean, the que- if you're going to play Alabama and beat Alabama, it's game one, it's and then excuses right. it can, excuses can then be made. That's why when they said this wasn't happening, I was so – I was kind of bummed out. Disappointed. I, I don't want Alabama because is, I know it. that this it is, is a fool's shot. errand to say we want Bama because everyone who's ever said that in the history of history uh, regrets it, but I kind of did. I think also like <laughs> Alabama is the one school where the like week one things are changing. Like that's never true for them. Like the fact that if 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 they were a Texas A and M or maybe even an Ohio State or a USC or somebody like that had that you were like yeah this has happened before, but like Alabama doesn't lose non conference games no. outside of the playoff and it really doesn't like yeah Tua was awesome they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of like average quarterback play or at least quarterback play that they didn't ask to do very much. So like, I think they are probably they and Clemson and that's maybe, and Ohio state is probably the other one and everybody else. Like if you could start the year with a win over any of those three teams, that feels unimpeachable to me, at least in the context of 2020. And see, if Notre Dame, if they would, if they would have scheduled Alabama, if you could, if they could have got this done, yeah, you would have had them and Clemson, yeah, 
And so just in the in the make believe holy shit world that that we're living in in 2020 where anything's possible if you if you knock off both Alabama and Clemson in the regular season don't you just say you know up yours to the college football playoff like nah we, we don't need it we, we we're good on this you we, we you it. are you are like you are daring them to fuck with you at that point because then it's like if you if you win those two and you drop some stupid game you know October 17th. Yes. Yes. Sure. Like, honestly, at that point, fuck you. Fuck you. What are you going to do? Take one of these other one loss teams that we beat. Are you kidding me? Because, because Clemson won some bullshit ACC championship. No, like (laughs) look, look, I, if, but I guess that is what it is, is that Notre Dame can't do the full villain turn, which would be great. And I would fully support until they do, until they do like it works for Hans Gruber because like pretty early in the film, Hans Gruber shoots Mr. Janagi right in the head. It is like Christmas party. Yeah. And he's just like, fuck you. I don't have time for this. You're not going to give me the codes. You're dead. It's very German. Very German. and, And if he had just sort of like, hemmed and hawed his way through the movie by the end the you get to it you're like i'm not scared of this villain so yeah you do for lack of a kinder term notre dame needs to come out and shoot somebody important in the head so if we get to that point are you are, are you gonna start a series on banner society of a uh, sexy notre dame time oh my god sexy notre dame is probably the worst the the most ill-fated idea I've ever had for the full cast because it just doesn't like I will buy for a dollar that there is somebody whose sexual happiness is dependent on Notre Dame football. I don't want to talk to that person about it. I support them in their in what what they're about, but like I'm not a good sounding board for it. I can like <laughs> I can get myself in plenty of weird head spaces. That was one I just couldn't occupy. Just couldn't. Just couldn't there's, stay there for a second. There's a very famous post off of um, Andy Nation, who we're all well-versed in. Sure, yeah. Uh, about a man who will not <laughs> pleasure his wife until Brian Kelly is fired. <laughs> that is an absolute fact and truth that it said. So until Brian Kelly so do, do, is do people know, wife, Do you think these people know how, like, political pressure is supposed to work? <laughs> Uh, they they have to right (laughs) like 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 just admit that you're lazy and you're not you're not down for it don't make it this whole big statement implying that like you are exerting the right pressure to make change happen jack schwarbrick you were in brian kelly's probably got that note in his desk like gotta win this guy (laughs) Doug in Rockford can't get his rocks off <laughs> until you fire Brian Kelly. And Bethany is just, she's beside herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or she's not, she's like, fine. Great. Not having you climb on top of me is awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care if they beat USC ugly as long as they win. It's fine. You smell like old scotch and cigar smoke. I've had enough of this. <laughs> Thank you, Brian Kelly. I hope you coach for another decade. Chicago Steakhouse. Well, so I'm confused. What happens in the scenario where Brian Kelly doesn't get fired but leaves to take an NFL job? Oh, Oh, something changed. (laughs) Drastically. 
Then he won a national title. Yeah, he had had to have won a national title. (laughs) Right, right. Property sold that that Brian's just ready. He's ready to check out when he checks out. Right. And hopefully that means the, 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 the Tommy Reese era is, uh, is, is ahead of us in due time. We did now. Now I admit I'm behind on this. We settled that it's Tommy, right? Tommy. At some point, there's going to be a buffer coach in between Kelly and, and, and Reese. But I, I, I'm, I'm putting my entire career. Uh, as, as a blogger, that's fine. That's fine. A lot, a lot riding there on Tommy. Uh, Tommy getting it one day. Uh, I mean, if I gotta, if I gotta keep doing this until I'm 75, just to uh, to see Tommy put a trophy in the air, let's do you it. Were, let's you cry. were inquiring as to whether or not the, we were set on the name being Tommy, right? Bo- both actually. Oh. Both. Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had a pinned Tom tweet. Care of that. That his pinned tweet for like three months after he got the job was just Tommy. Okay. Okay. He tried yeah, to go so Tom, um, uh, you know, Kelly it's, tried it's, to make him a Tom. they tried to make him a Tom and he tried to, you, he's not, you know, every, every, Tom. every Thomas grows up and they're a Tommy. And then maybe at some point in college, they try and go by Tom. Sure. But well, here's the thing. I mean, uh, Tommy's dad works for Notre Dame. He works for Brian Kelly. And so why are you trying to rename this man's son? He named him Tommy. I mean, he called him Tommy. Why are you trying to invade this this father's space? I'd be pissed off to high hell. This is Notre Dame. We are famous for renaming Thiesmans Thiesmans? Yeah. <laughs> there is a strong lineage. Is Notre re-naming. Dame the Ellis Island of college football? We are the Ellis Island of college football. Uh, bring us your poor huddled masses, and we will give you a new name. Uh, as a three-star uh, uh, recruits. As a second-generation Italian off the boat, uh, our family, I yeah, Notre Dame is the Ellis. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so another, w- another thing I want to talk to you about, uh, Stanford, because for a, w- a while you were basically the only Stanford fan on the entire internet. Correct. And thankfully that's over with, I think. I mean. <laughs> and Notre Dame has won three straight. So, I mean, did you put some kind of juju in there? Uh, to help us out here. So I think it's over because I think it's mostly over because like, imagine you, 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 you woke up one day and you were like, I'm going to start a cult and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to put the work in. Like, I'm going to be fervent. I'm going to, you know, try to win converts, whatever, whatever. At some point, if nobody else is in your cult, it's not really a cult and you just hang it up and you're like, okay, I'm going to go back to data entry or whatever. <laughs> and that's fine. Like, you know, you gave it a shot and, and you just got to hang it up. And I think that's what being the internet's most passionate Stanford football fan was <laughs> because like, there was never like, where was the, re- where was, you know, where were my people with pitchforks? They, they didn't show up. Um, no, they, they had, uh, I mean, they had keyboards. Yeah. And, and, and doing and, something and, else other than, <laughs> Oh, they're gaming, and that's cool. Listen, like esports, probably the wave of the future. Good job for Stanford, whatever. But like, they were not there to support me when I was giving my all for Stanford football. Um, so when you were at the Nanny Town Pavilion, yeah, and you were getting ready to serve that Scarlet Kool Aid, nobody showed up to drink it. Not really. No, oh. no. It's and it's not like. It's not even that people bothered to be to show up and be like, no, I don't want this. They just ignored me. 
so like Stanford fans in the fall when they Correct. don't show up to their games and it's just like a because yeah Stanford game this fall is not going to look any different than it did last year not not significantly no and like Probably it is works. also it is also like when when it works well and when like the pieces are clicking there is an appeal to the Stanford style of football over the last I don't know ten so years. When it doesn't work and when you have, like, some real, like, struggle man at quarterback and you're just like, we're just, hey, man, we're just really trying to win this sucker 16-13, like, not looking for more than that, it is, it's hard to watch, especially in the that North? Do you remember that Northwestern-Stanford game? The that body they played clock at like game? eleven, yeah. The body yeah. clock game, yes. That was maybe the worst college football game played by Power Five schools that weren't like Vanderbilt and Rutgers. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, you I, can, I you can, I own that one. You can make <laughs> oh a case. There are some like real clunkers that like, you know, there's like that Wake Virginia Tech game zero zero. Yeah, Northwestern is involved with a lot of these, for the record. I, I might be wrong, but David Shaw may have, in that football game, punted the ball from the 30-yard line. I would buy that. I would absolutely buy it. And the problem with that game in particular was Stanford. I think Desmond Howard picked Stanford he punted to go. the ball. Yeah, he, he did. He, he picked him to go to the playoff this year, that year. And they weren't, like, as the season progressed, they got pretty close. Yeah. They just lost that stupid Northwestern. Yeah, it's... It has gotten to the point where I you have to really sort of like coax me into being like, hey, let's watch this random Stanford game. There's not a lot to recommend it, especially because like it has all the access hurdles of most of the Pac-12 where you're like, the games are on super late and you don't get the Pac-12 network and you're going to have to, you know, suffer through a million stupid things just to try to watch this. And half the time it's like, well, I'd rather watch Oregon or like if I really want to watch like the rock fight, Cal will give me just as quick of a rock, just as much of a rock fight. And it's over quicker because their offense is terrible. So they just get off the field. Yeah. Like I don't there's the branding of Stanford football is pretty much like um, it's pretty much like um, those those packages you can buy. They're like, hey. You might have to live underground one day. Here's a bunch of dehydrated mac and cheese. That's Stanford football at this point. It's acceptable football product for emergencies only. They in that football they're, they're game. They're an MRE. Yes. In that football game, though, they did punt from their own from the northwestern 34-yard line. Oh they pu- God. That might it was fourth and ten because KJ Costello took a sack. And they punted from their own 34-yard line. I think I might have broken something. What time in the game was that? That was at the start of the second quarter. Was- <laughs> <laughs> so not even not even a point where you're like, okay. Game's not even on the line yet. Game no. is 0-0 from your own 34. And guess what happened on the 34-yard T- Touchback. It was a touchback. Oh, my God. <sighs> Just look at the Rose Bowl. Uh, what was it the Rose Bowl against Michigan State? Well, they, what was that? They just kept running it right up yes. the middle. Yeah. You oh, the out. one. Um, like, there's the one no Notre way. Dame, Notre Dame saved Michigan State from playing. Uh, yeah. Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, gave Michigan State glory for this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was it was there's there's a certain amount of arrogance that I respect there 
it, with because uh, I mean I do not like Shaw at all. I, just too much of a whiner. But I do respect the arrogance of just like going full Woody Hayes uh, there in the Rose Bowl, uh, even, even though it did come up short. Yeah, it's it's I don't I don't know. It's because because, you know, you mentioned Brian Kelly was the is, you know, people assume Brian Kelly's looking for the next rung, whatever. David Shaw is the name that gets floated for an NFL job every year. And increasingly, it's like. Does he even? I, it's not even necessarily that I think he wants to leave. It's like I don't know if he wants anything. Like he is a creature of almost perfect inertia, and I worry that maybe he's just like gone into sleep mode, and he's just like, yeah, we're running halfback dive because that's what the computer said, and the computer's just cycling. That's just what we're doing now. He's content just to go to Applebee's on a Friday night because that's yes. where he goes. Yeah, that's right. He's Do we go Applebee's to Applebee's mode. on a Wednesday? No, we don't. No, no we, yeah. he's, an, he's an Applebee's mode of head coaching, which yep. some co- like Mac Brown got to that Applebee's mode where it's just like, yeah, I'm content to just uh, keep on doing what I'm doing. Applebee's. He, Mac Brown might have been going Applebee's during games. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you, you know, at least there was some carry out sitting in the coach's yes, desk. Yes. <laughs> and and that's that. that's what got distracting. You know, those second halves, things get tight. And, oh, you're just you're just thinking about that surf and turf from Applebee's. <laughs> That two for 20, it just hits different <laughs> when you're down 30. <laughs> so, right, I'm going to, we're going to start to wrap this up here, but I want to ask you a question that everybody asked me or has been asking me. Are we even going to have a season? Like how are, are we just li- to going through complete motions here because we have nothing else to do? Uh, it, is this thing going to get moved to the spring? So with the preface that, I know nothing and I have no back channels and I am not like ferreting, you know, I'm not like carrying you information. I am not like withholding it from you. I think there will be that fall football will start in some form. I don't know that it will start on time and I don't know that it will include um, every FBS or every power five team. Uh, whether it successfully completes a regular season, a month, three weeks, I have no idea. Like, I, I absolutely have no idea. I think it is possible that you will see, like, a lot of internal fracturing. And you will see, rather than, like, Major League Baseball or the NBA or the National Hockey League saying, like, we're, we're shut, shutting down, the sport is stopping, I think you're much more likely to see, like, within the SEC, for example, Vanderbilt could be like, yeah, we're not doing this. We're done. Like, we made it a few weeks. Things are not looking good for us. You know, from a public health perspective, we're done. Other schools may say, like, well, we're still going. Like, you don't have to. You can forfeit that game if you want. We'll take the W. But, like, I think. Is there a roll tide after that? Yeah. I mean, it'll just be like. It'll just, I think it will be a really halting and weird like procession. And ultimately, I have no idea what that looks like. But I think most of these schools are looking at it. And I don't think spring football seems that appealing to a lot of them. It's a different thing if you are D2, um, JUCOs that are playing in spring, some of the FCS leagues that may do that. It's a different animal. But I think a lot of these schools and a lot of these conferences are just going to say, like, it is too important to them to at least try to have fall football. 
Whether that's a good idea or even a workable idea is a completely different conversation, but I right. do think they will at least attempt it and like figure it out as they go. I think that's right. Or not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's also that yeah. too. There's also, I mean, Jason, so Jason Kirk's favorite um, scenario is everybody in FBS shuts it down <clears throat> except for Liberty and New Mexico state. And they play 13 <laughs> times and whoever gets to seven wins is the national champion. Liberty Bibbity. That's right. <laughs> I, I could, uh, I could already see Falwell uh, taking that trophy and just, uh, oh my God, that's yep. that's, a, that's an awful yep. that's an awful thought. Yep. All right. Last thing before we let you go here is okay. we we have a kind of kind of a tradition with most of our guests is uh, the people just have awful food takes, um, and so you know I'll ask people you know taco versus burrito, hot mm-hmm. dog versus corn dog, um, and you can certainly answer those if if you like. But is there just a a food take that you have that that Nobody else gets, and it drives you crazy because you you know how good it is. That's that's interesting. I I don't know that I have like a take per se that fits that. I am finding that during during these troubled times, during these unusual times, whatever we're calling them at this point, um, I find myself slipping harder into my dirtbag habits, where like when you when I make the grocery store run, I'm like, you know what? I would like I would eat some Oreos. That doesn't necessarily mean I buy them, but that sort of like dirtbag part of my brain has reactivated and it's like, yeah, let's eat some real garbage. Let's eat some like and it's not like, oh, we could go get like, you know, a local artisanal cookie. No, no, no. I want some or I want something that came out of a machine. I want something that looks distressingly uniform, cookie after cookie after cookie. <laughs> like some hydrax. Yeah. Like that has started to worm its way back into my brain in a weird, but I don't, I don't know that I have any like particularly weird ones. Well, let me follow right, so where are you, for where you? Are you taco, yeah. taco versus burrito. Where are you at? Do, uh, do I get to choose whether the taco is soft or hard? Yeah. I, you, you go any route. I'm going to go taco. I have a question <laughs> in a show of respect for the office of the blooming onion. Sure. As, as you, you are, are Mr. Applebee's Blue. tonight. As right. are, well, as, as you are Mr. Blumigonian. Yeah. Show yeah. respect for the office. Yeah. What is, because I asked Josh this, what is the best app to order for the table? And then what is the best appetizer to order for yourself? Because yeah. I'm of the opinion that it is two diff- very different answers. Okay. Um, it's, look, it is not, the the answer is definitely not the Bloomin' Onion for the latter. Like <laughs> that, that is a call the police now kind of situation um it's definitely and it's not the blooming onion for the former either like the thing is it makes me question whether there is an afterlife <laughs> basically um the best app to order for the table i feel like nachos is a pretty solid answer like it it is the kind of thing that you can enjoy like if you're just like, I just want a little something, you can just have a few and that's cool and it's not too heavy. If you're like hungry, hungry, you can like go to work on a little more. It obviously has like a lot of variance depending on where you go and what they're putting on it and whatever. But I feel like that is a reasonable one that sort of hits 
a but it checks a bunch of different boxes for people. You want something crunchy? Cool. You want something with cheese? Great. You want something that has like meaningless vegetables on it so you can lie to yourself? We got that covered too. So I will go with nachos as my table option for my personal app choice. I think, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I I would give you some time to think about it for a second. Yeah. And I I disagreed with the whole premise of Brendan's question, but I, when he asked me, (laughs) I I disagreed completely. And I just said, oysters, oysters for you, oysters Uh for me. My wife would punch me in the face. What app? But, but see, that's how I determined if you're a good person or not. Do you eat oysters? So, and this is coming from, I mean, yes, I am basically Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, which is oyster capital of the world. (laughs) But there is a great, I mean, a fantastic seafood joint called the Oyster Bar. Uh, Very original, but it's been around since like 18 something. But it's just, it's fantastic. We'll go in there thinking I'm going to have dinner. I just, I just keep having to bring out plates of oysters. Just bring it up. But is 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 it is it an appetizer that is up point? Or are you just talking about like your preferred well, entree? If I'm ordering up four plates, it's a meal. But you can have it as an appetizer. But it, I'm saying you can have it as one answer for if it's for you and for the table, just oysters. Because you can order up a couple plates and you like you said, maybe you want just one, maybe you want two, maybe you're gonna like sneak you know four or five oysters in like a greedy son of a bitch it's scalable is what you're saying yeah it's it's this is what happens when the and ABC you get it so many game, different ways when the abc game features pack 12 teams is what you're saying and you're like yeah i'm gonna take this 330 sec showdown rather than the pack 12 and that's gonna be my meal is the appetizer yeah yeah i think that hmm. uh for my for my individual <laughs> I think I'll probably go with like a crab cake. Like a crab cake is a pretty good way to start a meal. Like if it's a good one, like it's, and it, you know, and it's, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I picked two, I will say, I picked two things that are like, if it's not a place you've been to, they're real rolls of the dice. You can get some terrible crab cakes out in the world. But if it's a place you're confident in and you're like, okay, this is a good way to sort of like, start start the start the meal that's a good one because you can sort of feel like look they brought me this crab cake i am like a small baron or something like that look what they fetched for me (laughs) there's a restaurant down your way down your way called uh or where you're from called shark and fin Uh i think over in uh is it in sarasota is it yeah i think it's in sarasota that that is i've had the worst crab cake in the world came from there and this is like a fifty, sixty dollar plate. Plate. I mean, this is a high end. Yeah, place. sure. I yeah. Because I, I think it's down at Santa Monica Circle. Yeah. It was the worst crab cake I've ever had in my, my life. And I'm looking. At, I'm kind of looking around. I'm eating it. It was basically like mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like there's a couple like strings of crab in there. Yeah. I was. I could never figure it out. Like everything else was fantastic. It's a, it's a great restaurant. But I had the crab cake as an appetizer there, and awful. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go sight unseen somewhere. Yeah, that's such a sad thing. I mean, crab cakes are fantastic. You're right, but if you get a bad, it it is such a. It's a product that is so so many variables at different restaurants at different locations across the country that you really can get some bad ones. It's kind of like when you get the the present the the 
the wrap gift on Christmas where you're like, these are shoes. I can tell this is a shoe box and you open it up and you're like, they're off brand. God, thanks mom. You went to Ross. Point. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. So wait, so how, so how are my answers for the table and for the individual app? I, like I, I need I a great shows. The nachos, the right call. Okay. Um, cause it, when I look at it, right, I thought calamari would be a good one, but then you got to pass the plate around and people sure. got to scoop off their own calamari shit. But if you have the nachos, everybody just reaches in the middle of the table and they grab the nachos, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, That's a good one. Yeah, I, just, I think appetizers are just going, are, have gone crazy lately. They have. Like 20 years ago, you didn't have this variety. It was, it was pretty sick. Look at, look at this old man. <laughs> Hey, Josh just got Josh has got reservations to a Chicago steakhouse after this pod. I'll be 42 <laughs> next month, all right? But I'm saying like 20 years ago, it was a pretty set standard in most restaurants. What were the appetizers? Now when you go, I mean, it's can I get three of these and make it a meal? Because this is some crazy shit they got going on. I mean, when you're getting like like uh, you know lamb pops and all that, I mean, it's it's intense. I mean, the, the it's it's you know what? It's kind of intimidating. You get a couple cocktails in you, and you sit down, and you're like, "Man, what what appetizer am I gonna get here?" There's like fifty. Like but that's what they want you to do. Like that's when you've done that thing, I bet, where you ask the server, like, "Oh, like we're thinking about getting some apps, but we don't know." And they're like, "Cool." I would start with this, and then this and this, and next thing you know, they're like, "You just listed eight appetizers, right?" And they're like, no, "Yep, Edward Island muscles, bud." I can't. Yep. They listen to the the waiters and waitresses. Tell me the things. I'm like I'm like CJ Craig from that West Wing episode, <laughs> when she like when she really like talks down to the waitress for like trying to. She's like, J- you don't need to tell me your show. Just give me your. I'm the guy. Say just just give me the fucking piece of paper. I don't need you to go through everything. And give me the oysters finish. and order like, point, point me to the endless oysters. That's all I'm here for. I don't know what to do with my hands or my face when they're talking, yeah. and it's just this constant like shit grin of like, mm hmm, mm hmm, ah, ooh. Yeah, it, it's I mean, it, it's terrible. It's a terrible. You know, you know what you should do? Carry a little notepad with you. <laughs> bring a very fancy pen and just like don't even write anything, but look like you're taking the most like intense notes in the world. Throw them off their game. I was going to put a chalkboard necklace on me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the next the next time I do that. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, you uh, uh, you did uh, you did yourself proud here with, with Notre Dame Nation. I have I have no doubt. And that's the fans, not uh, ndnation.com. They still hate the shit out of you. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna let you go without pointing Whoa. out the fact. I'm not gonna let them go without pointing out the fact that the University of Florida. Yeah. Since the year of our Lord, 1906, has had one undefeated regular season. Brian Correct. Never mind that. Do you remember what that undefeated regular season, what year that was? The un- undefeated. So are you counting conference championship? Uh, yeah, it was It was just an undefeated regular season conference championships included. So if memory serves. Oh, conference championship included, because I know they were undefeated um, in 2009. And then they, they lost, lost. They lost to Hell. Bama in the SEC championship game. Um, this is probably going to be. It's going to hurt your soul. This is probably going to be like some weird, like three tie season. Oh no. It was 95. 95. I don't recall what happened in the Fiesta Bowl that year. Yeah. But I'm 
pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. I have block 95 Larry out of my Phillips and uh, uh, touchdown Tommy Frazier may have Alabama death bucketed you guys. There year. is there is there that's is a, a comfort. Draw, man. That's a hard draw. No, there there is a comfort in like losing that badly. You know, there right? is some camaraderie in there. There is some comfort at like my alma mater currently employs your former head coach, mm-hmm. uh, Jim McElwain. Yeah. I'm a CMU. Um, there's no sharks, sadly, in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. So I'm sure. Uh, except for at the casinos. At the casino, yeah. It's Soaring <laughs> Casino, uh, the Chippewa Casino up there. They might have sharks in they the tank. Some sharks. And, yeah. So this, yeah, there's, there's some camaraderie in there. It's l- – listen – I'll, I'll say this. If you're going to lose the national championship, lose big. Don't lose in a way that sort of makes you be like, ah, if only. But there was this because, you know, people are going to say you didn't belong there one way or the other. And like, just lose big. Just like go out. Yeah. First quarter. Like what you guys did to Ohio State, where it was like they got the kickoff return and it was like, OK. And then the rest of the game was a boat race. Yes. Yes. Like you don't want to. Yeah. There is no in that you know game. USC oh, 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 or uh, Georgia. Uh, what happened to Georgia with Alabama where? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't there is no if you get boat raced, there is no meme. Like the whole reason 28-3 is a thing is because you had a chance. There are no memes about teams that just like get destroyed because there's no moment to cling on to. You were just dead on arrival and it's better that way. I think you're right. <laughs> I feel oh, better God. about 2012. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and and that's uh that's all we could ask for. All right. Thanks again, Ryan. And uh, and back to the show. All right. Talk to you. All right. I just want to thank, uh, thank Ryan for coming on the show again. That uh, it just proves that anybody can come on this OFT podcast. I mean, I had Matt Brown on uh, creator of the uh, four and eight meme and uh, things went pretty well. So uh, if if you're out there, if you're a hater, if you're a well-known hater, (laughs) <laughs> please, uh, please consider a, a guest spot here. What no one, no one will ever accuse Ryan Nanny of not having layers. <laughs> yeah, like, like the onion that is. Like no, Ryan was. No, he was. That was the best. Yeah, that Ryan was a fantastic guest, and uh, oh man, I that's that's how these that's how these shows just go on and on. And it, it, talking to him did. You think back to the shutdown forecast and how those conversations just kind of just spun out of control into uh, into the blackness. It makes total sense. Total sense. So speaking of the blackness, and we've been touching on this already, but uh, Jack Swarbrick had something to say, Brendan. Yeah, he sure did. Um, Heather Dinich had a uh, put out an article on ESPN. I guess it's an article. Did you read it, Josh? I read it like four uh, times. I read it three times and then I read it a fourth time trying to find out if there was any actual substance to it. I skimmed it and found and found lack of substance. It, uh, it sure I see was. the words. I see the I saw the words Rubik's Cube and uh, and cross communication and just it, it wasn't for me. Yeah, the idea is is that um, Jack Schwarbrick is stating that Notre Dame, he believes, not just Notre Dame, but that college football should have a delayed start. The, the, the headline is Notre Dame AD Jack Schwarbrick wants a delayed start eight to ten games. That's the I'm headline. I'm saying that since like March, right? 
which has been like, I, I don't yeah which has been sort thing, of the thing not, not game amounts but he's he's been saying for a long time delayed start well and he doesn't even say delayed start in the thing because here's what he says he goes I'd like to start a little later. The value in starting later is you really get to see how your university is done. You have the benefit of information and knowledge, and I'd like to start a little later, which is the same thing that, um, you know, Riley's been saying at um, uh, Oklahoma is they, they want to sort of punt a little bit to see what's going on. And then he says, he goes on to say, the number for me is probably somewhere between eight and 10 games, but whatever is right for the health and safety of the players. And that's basically it for Jack Schwarbrick in the entirety of it. It's just like a little soundbite. And then it's been made into a, I guess, a, another sounding springboard for people to dunk on Notre Dame to join a conference. Is that right? Did it? <sighs> I mean, if you look at the comments that she has, it goes, um, hey, why don't you join a conference? And then you can say what your mind oh, I- is. I mean, yeah. I just think that's that's like the go-to, right? I mean, right. They, I mean, anymore. You know, we didn't. I didn't even ask Ryan about anything about Notre Dame at a conference because it's so played it's out. such kind of a ridiculous thing. And I think that he would kind of feel that way too, honestly. Like you know, seeing it from there, like why would you? I mean, it's just like at this point, especially with the you know, once the college football playoff expands to eight teams, which I don't want them to, but they will. It's, it definitely won't yeah. matter. But yeah, that's just everybody's go-to is Jordan Carver. I mean, that's just like instant, like reply guy hit. I mean, I wouldn't say it uh, means as much. No. And, you know, part of, and I think I did jump into one and I was like, uh, you know, why, uh, why buy the cow when you can get the, the milk for free? But, <laughs> which is always my go-to See, reply. Embracing that villain role, right? It's there. that villain role uh, that that that. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to jumping onto your villain role. Um, are you, what do you think about go, delaying the season? I I guess I don't understand the purpose behind delaying the season, where the further you get into the fall, and he goes on, he he does go on to say a little bit more, and he he does say, um. Uh, what does he go? He says, uh, when you go to the details schedule, try and create room for extra off weeks to manage issues that might arise. So Jack Schwarbrick in the same article says, try to create room for extra weeks to manage issues that might arise. But then if you're delaying the start of the season, aren't you cutting out the wiggle room that you can have for Right. Let's say let's say you wait until um, the middle of September or late September to start a football game or, you know, start the football season. What changes what 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 changes for you can you see? Right. I I guess I'm just sort of confused what he's. What he's what he's getting at. Unless he's saying punt to the spring and that's a totally different discussion, but. He doesn't say that the way that he he states it. He says um, start a little later. So it's a little later would to me seem like late September, early October. And then what are you doing if you're trying to create wiggle room? Am I off base here? Or? No, I, I I mean I I think that's fairly accurate. I I just I don't know. I I'm not saying because Jack's a lawyer and so and he know he understands the the power of words and what he's saying and and how it'll be perceived. 
So he's not just talking straight out of his ass. I don't think Jack Swarbrick Never. really just talks. I mean, yeah, I don't think you can accuse him of talking out of his ass. <clears throat> he's savvy but, Jack for a reason. But in this case, I think there's just a line of thought that uh, he and uh, the, you know the FBS, you know the or the Power Five, you know conferences have, and I think they all really are trying to get this. I mean, Brian Kelly's been was also you know on Dan Patrick today talking a little bit about the same thing in a way. They all want to see this thing start. <clears throat> so if if they think that it would help them to start without stopping by waiting a couple weeks, then I think that's what they want to do. Problem is, is they're not going to know that. Uh, it's just going to have to be a decision that they make. And, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. Um, but uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if they're going to have a season, it's going to be eight to 10 games. I think that we've I been saying that right. or everyone's yeah. been saying that for you know, a couple of months now. Well, BK in the um, Dan Patrick interview, he says he foresees the season starting on time, and it's just once players get out of the bubble, right? That was Brian Kelly's point was, yeah, we're going to play the first game, and then once we get well, out I, of the bubble. And that's so, the that's the thing everyone dances around. Like, honestly, once you get outside of that bubble, I mean, look, Notre Dame starts – camp is supposed to start like August 7th. Yeah. But classes at Notre Dame start August 10th. So yeah. the bubble is popped early on. Um, it, I just, you know, look, they're, they are going to test every student there. They're not going to test faculty though. My brother-in-law is a professor there. They're not, he says he's not getting tested. They're going to test some students, oh, uh, but which, which makes no sense to me or him. Uh, you know why that's, why that's not the case, but I just, I have a hard time. I have a hard time thinking everyone's bubbles are going to be okay because they're not bubbles anymore. Uh, and so, you know, the, the scenarios are brought up, like what happens one week when one team tests positive, you know, 40 guys test positive. And I think that's going to happen. I don't think that's a, like a, uh, you know, that's not hyperbole. I, I really think like you could, you're going to see a week where someone went to a party uh, and because yeah. that's what's going to happen. It's college for God's sakes. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of uh, passing of the virus. And can I tell you one place that's not going to happen? How do, how, do, how, do, how do seasons move on from that? I'll tell you one place that's not going to happen. And that's Cal, because Cal just announced today that they're going to go to full online classes. So if Cal plays a football season, their football players are going to be on campus. And that campus is going to be empty. So Cal's going to be able to successfully bubble, which was one of the points that well, that I mean, Brian he, Kelly made in the interview. Is he goes, is he was like, you know, the NBA and the NFL and NHL, they're going into a bubble to play games, and college football's coming out of a bubble to play games. Right, but can you keep? The, I mean, can you? Are you really going to keep the the football no. team? No, on, I mean, there's just there's no way. Not 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 Even only if they is weren't like, playing football, they're, they're he, not staying. He, even if they wanted to, just and could, the look is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. So I, I just can't, I just can't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Twenty-one-year-old kids who aren't like for you and me, right? You know, I'm 35, about to have my third kid. You're 42. You got three kids. Um, for us to bubble, it is not a very daunting task. 
No, in fact, I would like to bubble more. <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to but if honest, you're like I don't, 18 I don't to 21 years old and you're told that you can't hang out with your friends, go to parties, see your girlfriend, or if you're single, mingle. Um, oh, my God. And I thought about imagine, that a lot. My, yeah. my nephew my nephew is uh, is 22. And he's he's a he's a senior now in college. Um, just got he just got railroaded. He was because of COVID. He was he was in like a five year program, right? Where you got both your ma- your bachelor's and your master's within that five years. That's kind of a however that program works. And it, it was for physical uh, therapy or physical tra- physical training, sports training. Yeah. And they dropped the program Ooh. this summer. Brutal. And so now, instead of having just this one last year left, he's got this year and two more years to get his master's. So instead of this year, he's got three two years. It's it absolutely devastated him. Yeah. But uh, he, you know, he came home uh, for the quarantine, and you know, I, I hadn't had a chance to talk to him, and and finally, when I did, it was probably like in. Oh, and end of April, getting into May, and I did. I just flat out asked him, like, man, how, how's your, how's your personal life been? <laughs> He's like, oh, dating ain't like it used to be. No, <laughs> you know, and, and so, and not, I'm not gonna throw in any details here, but I mean, it's tough. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I remember being 22 as single. I could not imagine having having to be basically locked in with my parents. Uh, and not with, without being able to go do the stupid, crazy shit that I did. You know what I mean? Well, you Uh, wouldn't play by the rules, right? That's essentially what it boils down to is, I mean, at some point I'd just be like, F it. I mean, it's nature, right? At some point there's like, there's freedom. You're not in prison. Nobody's going to throw you in jail or throw you in the hole if you leave the house. And, And here's Becky. She's, she's giving you a call. Uh, I'm going over to Becky's apartment. Yeah. She's having a little get together with a few people. I mean, and that's basically what's going to happen all over the country in college. Even if you can put a clamp down on big parties, which you absolutely cannot. Cannot. They Uh, had one in, uh, by in, in Washington County, they had one in Celine, um, around these parts. And it's a pretty big contentious part. They're saying like 200 people got the COVID from this party, this house party in Celine. It was this massive house party. Michigan State student? Uh, I would have. I mean, of course, you always blame it on Michigan State students. Well, uh, or Western students. I mean, we're, if we're talking about degenerates, it's either you know the the kids at Kalamazoo or in East Lansing. That's where the degenerates in the state live. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I just I don't know how any of this goes about. Uh, and so let me ask you. The, the I mean, I, I personally I feel, and this is just my own personal. Feelings. I feel that they should just scrap the season, push it, just go ahead and make the plans for spring, do it now so you can get everything in place. Uh, because I just, I can't, the, just having to deal with starting a season and then shit going to hell and then a, then a season lost and then not, not having anything in place to do anything about it, kind of like March Madness happened, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, well, that's what I would harder, say is, that'd be harder on me than saying, all right, let's push it to the spring and have a full season and then come back around. Just say 2021. Or I, 
I'd rather that, start. That's number one. I'd rather start. The year 2020, 2020 has beat us. <laughs> yeah. That's it. 2020 has been a hell of a decade. I'd rather start in 2020, <laughs> see how far we can get, and pick it up in 2021, because who knows what 2021 is, right? Well, so uh, if you punt they, to They have spring, to have a plan in place for that then, for sure. Right. But if you punt I mean, they would to have 2021, to have if you punt to 2021 and then shit goes sideways in 2021, then that's it. You've got zero football. True. So at least if you start in 2020 and see how far you can get, and then I guess the worst case scenario as far as a season goes, is it's just like teams, it's a war of attrition and teams are just like, we can't keep going on. And Ryan mentioned this in the interview is he's like, there's going to be team like Vanderbilt's like, sorry, we're tossing the towel. But like Georgia's says, yeah, we're, we're soldiering through. And Notre Dame of all of the universities on the face of God's green earth, Notre Dame's the one that what two is it's, it's been two players Yes, two positive. Positive. So each one was round, asymptomatic. The other one did have some mild symptoms and, and self quarantine. I mean, Notre Dame, and this is like, I don't know this in my own sort of headspace when I look at it and I go, this is the kind of year that Notre Dame could win a national title because if there's any school yeah. that is, that is best prepared for this, Outlast. it's a school like Notre Dame where academics are put ahead the, the the players who are looking to chase tail probably are going to like Florida State, USC, um, the warmer weather climate schools. Uh, the the kids who are maybe more focused on academics and playing football maybe go to Notre Dame, so you're able to keep them sort of in a bubble. And maybe that's why they've only had two positives. I I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to make any assumptions there. But like, if I you, mean, there's been some other teams around the country that have done pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but but you know. Again, uh, they are also large public universities that once once things get going, there is a you're just saying there's a, there's a greater chance for them to go sideways. Instead of like eight thousand, right? Yeah. So if if Notre Dame could just keep showing up every week and not testing positive, and they're living their bubble life the best, and the campus is able to sort of adhere towards maintaining social distancing and playing by the rules and doing things right. Notre Dame could win a national title just by de facto being the only ones who did it the right way. And like <laughs> Alabama, they're not able to, to keep things contained and they're out. Um, Clemson, I mean, they've already had half of their roster test positive so far, right? Um, LSU's the same way. Maybe Notre Dame could just win a national title, 2020 War of Attrition. It's it's just by, of, just by staying healthy, just by, by staying, staying healthy, staying Social indoors, distancing. playing. And I don't know if you've seen Notre Dame washing their hands. Of course you have. You're on Twitter and you're on all of the things. Their their social media game is on point. They're putting out videos every single day showing them. I mean, they had Matt Bayless today was the one for Matt Bayless showing cleaning off all of the workout stuff and saying you put it in the work. And Brian Kelly in his interview with Dan Patrick, he's talking about putting in the work and what do you want? Do you want to play college football? Is that what's important to you? And maybe this, like, I, I liked your off the rails, off the rails this weekend. You were talking about the culture, the culture, the culture, the culture. And maybe the culture is about, like, the culture Notre Dame's forming right now of being, like, right. football-centric. 
Now, I was speaking specifically about Cold just tour, the college, yeah. right? The college, yeah, yeah. the college football culture uh, that we're all like. like I, I know like, oh, you, yeah, you, Jude, you. We're all three of us are like immersed in college football, not just Notre Dame football, but college football and everything that comes with it, whether it's the the all day games, the going to games, or all the stuff that comes with dark, it. Dark, all of it. Yeah, like what the hell do you do without with a, a fall with no college football? I mean, honest to God. Uh, it's, it seems insane. Uh, th- and that's what I was getting at. And I sounded so sad. I had a couple, <laughs> I had a couple of people like, dude, are you okay? Release the like, whole yeah. take. Like, like, yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't get the, the first take I had of 55 minutes, uh, much angrier tone. Uh, but I had a lot, I had a lot more fun, uh, stories in that one too. So, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now the FCS, you know, they're moving a lot of their stuff. To, a lot of people are moving their stuff to spring. And there's an idea floated around today about, uh, you know, maybe the FCS should just go to spring full time where, like you know, it, there's been comparisons to to, like you know, like the XFL and like the, the spring football pro football leagues. And like, but hey, here, here's actual college football. Is that something I'll fold that past you because that's that's that was a kind of a, a big topic today on social media and elsewhere. What do you think about all that? I love it. Um, I can't remember where I, I don't know if it was um, solid verbal last year, but it was around this time last year that there was um, some discussion floating out about not not just the FCS, but the group of five. And maybe it was I can't remember where I heard it, but there was discussion about the group of five going to the spring or even early pre fall, like the summer league to sort of lead into it to to allow those players to get uh, a focus on them since they're not sitting at sort of the big kids table of the, you know, power five conferences. I kind of like thing it. Is, though, you would, there's no way the AAC would do that. No, no. The AAC thinks of themselves as a, a member of the power, power six. six. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I love the idea. The I FCS just, can't afford the, the testing. Yeah, the there's just no way they be, can implement it. Yeah, they can't afford the testing for a season, and I'm the Mac can't afford. And when when I was listening to Irish Illustrated, you know, it was like a, a week ago, and they were talking about keeping Western Michigan on the schedule. Western Michigan is not going to be able to afford right. COVID testing. That's just not possible. Even no. in the in the fall or spring, if COVID's still around, which it probably is going to be. In I the mean, spring, I don't know. Maybe they look at it like if they. If they get the Notre Dame game, they can afford it. Yeah, well, but, the Notre Dame I mean, game, you, you, the Notre Dame game would pay for it because it's going to cost like a million dollars to do it. And they don't have I any mean, big but, contracts. You know, they don't have an NBC or ACC cut or Big Ten money or SEC contract. Or and NBC. I've been saying that since the Big Ten decided to go conference only. Like, look, this is this isn't about like travel per se because people are you know going 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 crazy thinking about you know Nebraska traveling to Maryland or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, the Rutgers. This isn't about travel. This is about being able to control all the things that you want to try to control when it comes to these games, whatever that may mean. And so you do it conference only because, you know, everyone's following the same rules. And I just don't, you know, I don't know if the Mac can afford to do that. Not, no. You might have a couple programs that could, uh, but then there's, uh, then there's going to be several, more than several, that can't. So it's just like a, it's a scrap kind of a way. I mean, certainly the Big Ten can afford it. The ACC can afford it. The Pac-12 can afford it. Yeah. But you know, 
the Mac, the Sun Belt. Uh, you know, you're you're really grasping at straws there. David Letterman can only finance so much of Ball State's athletic department. Well, he financed them well enough where two of their safeties are on the Thorpe Award. Uh, oh, Jesus Kyle Hamilton's top. How does that – well, I know how it happened. Two Ball I, State defensive backs are on the uh, – sorry, that safety is one. Defensive backs are on the Thorpe Watch list so, and not Kyle Hamilton. So I pulled this – I, I was going to do a deep dive into it, but then I got too big into making my flag um, for, for Kyle Hamilton. There's four sophomores because Kyle Hamilton, for all intents and purposes, is going to be a sophomore. Um there's four sophomores on the list, but all of those sophomores have started games. Technically, Kyle Hamilton has not started a football game. I, he played most of the USC game, and Greg's probably out there pounding. Friend of the podcast, uh, Greg um, is is probably oh, he's, the team. he's yeah he's in a dark place right now. The Kyle Hamilton has not started a football game, and if we had had a spring. I would imagine Kyle Hamilton would be on these lists, right? Because people would have seen him in the blue gold game. He would there's have been touted. Four, as there's a 49 player. guys on this list. It's usually happen. around 50. Yes. I put how it. there was one more slot and it yep. wasn't. It's insane. Yep. yep. Because absolutely. if you go around college football, you go around anybody who knows about college football and just start asking questions about defensive backs in college football. And even if they don't bring up Kyle Hamilton, bring up Kyle Hamilton's name and they'll gush all over him because everybody knows this freaks list. Yeah. Everybody knows this kid's about to blow up. Like he's, he's about to just blow the fuck up y'all. But he wasn't on, he wasn't on Phil Steele's list and he wasn't, (laughs) I just, I mean, I mean, I guess that's fun because when, when he wins it, it makes it even more fun. And they uh, named the award after him. It's going to be great. Yeah, change change the name. How many picks did he have I, last year? Four picks as a safety who is behind two very entrenched, very was, productive, maybe the two best safeties. Since, there was a better uh, stat that PFF had out, and it, was, it had to do with targets and passes completed. And he had more interceptions than passes allowed, than completed passes allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Don't so, throw it, at me. Yeah. That's a uh, man. That's that's a great picture, Brennan. I, <laughs> I was like, we're taking this and running with that one. He might not make four interceptions. He, you know what? Kyle Hamilton probably, even if if they play a full season of eight, ten games, he will not have four interceptions because people are going to understand. Do not throw the football anywhere fucking near Kyle Hamilton, and he's still going to have three picks this year. Because he's just that much of a ball hawk. And you know what? I hope that Notre Dame goes to a 10-game schedule with nine games against the ACC. Because one of those games will probably be Boston College. And if there's one thing Kyle Hamill can can do, it's pick just off, pick off. Phil, Phil Jerkovic like 18 Jerkovic. times. It's Jerkovic. I know Jude's listening to this. and he's thro- You just punched a wall, didn't you, Jude? It's Jerkovic. And which... Phil hasn't got his response back from the NCAA yet, has he? No, he hasn't. Nope, he's I, still BC not. BC fans are beside themselves about yeah. this right now, and they, think and they, have, every, they have every right to be. They, they have do. every right to be pissed. Why does I mean, Why does Justin Fields get to play football? Why does Tate Martell get to play wide receiver? Why does I don't, JT Daniels get get uh, to play football this year? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because they're. <laughs> it's it's, it's still Phil still sitting there, and 
you know, and none of this has anything to do with Notre Dame. It wasn't like they were blocking it. You know, no, Brian a, be, Kelly was completely amicable. Yeah. Like, you no, know, so, yeah, we got puck coming in and. So Boston College fans, which is, I mean, it, it's funny to us because it's BC, but they have every right to be fucking throwing a fit right now that the NCAA hasn't gotten to fill and been like, you're eligible. It's, it's just, absolutely stupid. Just like we were with Alohi Gilman. Why does Alohi yeah, Gilman absolutely. have to sit out and then Shea Patterson gets to go to Michigan? Maybe, maybe it's the anti-Catholic bias in the NCAA. I, it doesn't matter if you're Roman or Jesuit Catholic. The NCAA has no time they, for you. They, yeah, they they don't discern from the Holy Cross order or the Jesuits. It's uh, you're you're going down. Yeah, I mean we're on an island of Malta here. Uh, doesn't matter. The the gibbering hordes of the <laughs> NCAA are at our gates. You know, if the Knights of Columbus want to march about something, maybe you should go march about that. Yeah, get after it. <laughs> Let's go sell some chicken. <laughs> Yeah, so let, I'm going to stay on this Kyle Hamilton train, but uh, I'm going to go a different route with it a little bit. Uh, should Houston Griffith and uh, – and um, oh, my God. Isaiah Pryor. Name? Isaiah Pryor, thank you. His name escaped me. Should they be licking their chops right now? Because oh honestly, God. no one wants to throw at Kyle Hamilton. So you have to know that the action's going to be looking more your way. Should they be licking their chops or – or maybe be a little bit more nervous. I mean, they, they both Griffith, at least I, I, I can't speak to prior, but Griffith has always felt like a very confident player. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and it has a fair amount of experience. I mean, he started, started as a freshman at the nickel. Uh, so shouldn't they be looking their chops right now? I mean, I just, I I, I always felt like the, the other guy, like the stars next to you, but as the other guy, you could have a real chance to make a name for yourself because you know that that's where the action is going to be. I mean, the best season that, well, we saw Troy pride last year and we saw Troy pride in 2018. And the difference is, is that you have Julie love Love. and uh, it's like, I don't know. I'm my wife in, in indentured me to the Pittsburgh Steelers because I had, I grew up as a Detroit lions fan and then I've been, you know, dating my wife since 2003. It's uh, a smart move. Yes, yeah, it's a smart move. So I bait, and she is all in on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I basically spent all of my 20s watching the Steelers. And I watched Troy Polamalu, but opposite him was Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark made right. hay playing opposite Troy Polamalu because nobody wanted any part of that. So Ryan Clark did so well. He got himself an ESPN gig. He did so well. He got himself an ESPN gig. So when you're opposite a transcendent player, especially at the safety position, because if you're a corner, it's less of a thing because, um, you know, you can, you can line players up, but you you can find a way to play against the safety and that other safety can then, flourish which ryan clark is a, is a Steeler did so if you yeah you that is that is very smart and poignant on your part where if you're houston griffiths or isaiah Pryor, you are licking your chops knowing that somebody like because with with um last year right i mean it, there wasn't really a dominant who's the dominant safety both of them were great yeah i mean they had different parts of their game i mean jalen elliott was more was a very the, solid safety. Gilman, he brought. And, and he was more along both the cap, line. They're both yeah. captains. They were both 
emotional leaders. Uh, but Gilman was more of a bit more of a Thumper. playmaker. Yeah. But but think of uh, you know what was your what was your least favorite uh, long pass play against Notre Dame? I mean, it just uh, didn't. It, it doesn't it happen. Happens. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, and I think Jalen Elliott doesn't get enough credit and, you know, I, yeah, he's my guy. I, I was spouting him off last year and, and I don't think he disappointed me at all. Uh, yeah, well, Elliott, did at the combine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a little Maurice Claret in nature, uh, but, but he made up for it his ND pro day. Right. But, but I mean, I'm, but I, even, I'm still screaming, like, look at the tape. I mean, yeah. even when he was down at the senior bowl, the guy, the guy turned heads because he was out, he was making plays in the right place. He's a smart player. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, yeah. Notre Dame was really blessed. It was, it reminded me a lot. Like when we used like when we had like, um, like Sapp and Earl, like we, which we bring those two guys up all the time, but they're, they're probably, the, I mean, Gilman and Elliot are probably the best safety duo ever since Sapp and Earl. Yeah. And I, I would put them on the same level. Um, I, if you look at the numbers, maybe not. Me, well, even if you look at, uh, and we'll see what their NFL careers look like. But yeah, I mean, production-wise, I mean, Notre right. Dame the lat from 2000. I mean, I, I know that that um, it really started 18, but 18 and 19 find a better Notre Dame pass defense. Can you? Oh, they've been they've been phenomenal. They think the uh, what was it after eighteen? Was it eighteen or nine, the number two in pass efficiency or pass efficiency? Yeah. Pass defense efficiency. I mean, that's that's silly numbers for Notre Dame fans. Like, yeah, we're used to getting thrown on for three hundred uh, yards. That's just I what, didn't what think that even good teams, good Notre Dame teams, in the last twenty five years. The only were, team that's ever found success was when Julian Love was out, and it was, I, and it took some some. And even if you go back to 17, it, it took some, um, if you think of the past defense no. then. And I will still, I will take this opportunity. Pets. I'm going to take this opportunity to still defend Dante Vaughn uh, there because the man team. was still still in position to play. Yes, he was. First of all, he, had, he probably did not expect to be put in that spot that he was. Put on the spot. He played pretty damn well positionally. Transcended throw. Yeah, and, I mean, one of the or the the catch. I mean, he tipped the damn ball. I mean, so I mean, he he didn't. It's like play. the Goodwin. It was like the Goodwin pass against Georgia in seventeen. He wasn't out there like, like Preston Jackson or or Clifford Jefferson or Dwight Ellick just getting toasted. Yeah, uh, you know, he it, he was right there. It just did not happen. It was an unfortunate night. And by the way, he had a uh, had an injury that caused him not. He wasn't able to lift one arm up, uh, you know, over his head. You, I mean, it was like it was like the the Terry Goodwin catch against Notre Dame, where it's like, do yeah. you fall? I mean, Terry Goodwin makes a spectacular catch, and Jake Fromm makes a spectacular throw. You cannot blame the defensive back when that situation happens. Sometimes it's just like, um, you, you know, they just it's make not, a it's play. not a Gary Gray situation, right? No, it is not a Gary Gray looking. Like Gary Gray's a position, but never. But doesn't turn he, he, the ball. Would, he wouldn't know about it because he never <laughs> never looked for the ball. It's just no. like <laughs> it's not, it's not like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just think and look, I think both I think both Griffith and Pryor, I, I think there'll be a rotation for sure. Hey, you know, even back in uh, 18, 
you know, they had a hard time with, you know, having just Gilman and, uh, and Elliot back there. Uh, they, they, played they, him, they played him into the ground, they played him to death and having Kyle Hamilton last year alleviated a, a lot of that. Uh, so I think that that's more where they want to be at. And I think obviously with both prior and with Griffith, you have that. So, and, and that's not to say Kyle Hamilton won't, uh, won't ever come off the field. Uh, you know, I think there's be some times he catches some breathers, uh, but uh, you, you have it. Like there, there's a, there's a, we're able to have the rotation. That's what they're going to want to do. And that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. And I, I I'm very excited it's, for what that back is. Awesome. Like. Talking about like actual football. <laughs> Doesn't it though? I've <laughs> thought about, I thought about getting into some deep dive stuff and it, it's just, it's difficult for me. And to, 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 to do a big deep dive into some stuff. Cause I want to just dive into some, some, some stuff, but it's like hard to get motivated for it. It's hard to get motivated. And what if I'm glad, uh, I didn't do a big deep dive in just prior to, uh, the season falling apart as far as the non-conference stuff. But I don't know. I, I believe they said that by the end of this month, and correct me if I'm wrong, by the end of this month, we're going to have a schedule ish, right? Cause they're going to go with the assumption at least into we're going to go into August, the idea that we're going to play in September, right? I, I think that's probably going to be the case. So we should I, have I don't know if an ACC, an ACC centric. Jack should have as a schedule in by the time my child's born. Right. Uh, right around there. Yeah. Around that time. I so, so once. I think once we have a set schedule, things are going to start to feel a little bit more real. Like, look, I know like the solid verbal, like on one of their latest podcasts, they even said like, we haven't even done our conference previews. Yeah. We, they punted that. We, yeah. We may not. It, that's, I mean, that is the general feeling. Like just, you know, we, we talked with Ryan, you know, uh, you know, off air a little bit, like no one really, no one knows. Everyone's asking, like I get asked all the time, and but it's just like no one really knows. You kind of have an idea what might happen, but that, all that's based off of like things, the status quo right now. Uh, you know, no one knows what tomorrow brings, and you know, and that and that's basically what you know what it is. You know, it, if something changes, it's going to change the way this thing goes. So it's just, it's tough, man. It's a it's a tough time. I do. All I want to do, all I want to do is talk about Jeremiah Wusukoromoa and JOK this season. It's going to be a breakout season for JOK. I want to talk about Brady Lindsay. I mean, I mean, how disappointing is it? I I could have spent most of this offseason propping Ian Book up as one of the great Notre Dame quarterbacks of all time because there is a there's a case to be made there that he could lock it up this year. Uh, and I, I, guess mean, I, he's, I mean, he's getting Brady Quinn level, right? Right. I mean, you guys start putting him in that category here pretty soon. So anyway, I mean, there's, just, there's all these great stories I, and and things we could talk about that have all been pushed to the side. And it's just like, what a fucking drag. Now, I don't mind not talking about the running back situation unless, of course, that is. Uh, I don't know, man. Let me ask you. I think Lance Taylor might pull out the T given the opportunity this year. He's been all about uh, the communal you and me. 
you and me specifically, um, there he, I mean, he, he, he retweeted the, the, or at least liked, uh, there is no, uh, you can't spell Taylor without T. Yeah. I, he's, he's into it. When I first put out that story and you do the graphics for the, for, for the T formation, he was all over that on social yeah. media. And then again, around his birthday, bringing that back up all over it. It's got to be in his mind now. I, I'll, I'll keep pushing it. If I'm, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a thing for them because it's the Magnificent Seven. Because there are, if you, there's six running backs and Lance Taylor. It is the Magnificent Seven of that run, running backs room. And he's got to find a way to get all of them the ball. And what better way to find, to get them all the ball in the T formation, right? I, do, I have a strong, not a feeling. I just, I, premonition. Maybe it's just a, a vision quest that Notre Dame is in a, in a key situation, uh, you know, short yardage and they roll out to the T formation and everyone's freaking the fuck out. Uh, and then it just turns into like a, like a, a fullback dump pass. And so at that point, it's uh, just like, if, if, if that happens, if that happens, I, I guess in any game maybe, but most specifically, I'm like I just keep eyeballing the the game against Clemson. Like if that happens, like then that helps us win. What I, I will be flying the OFD flag harder. Like I will I will take all props from anybody who wants to give it our way. Uh, f- five star reviews, yes, but whatever other props you want, because I have planted that seed. Uh, you know, we had planted that seed. Uh, to, to make such a great play. If you, if you see the, the triple out or the, the T formation come out, uh, you know, third and one against Clemson, you're driving down for the winning touchdown and Oh my God, what are they doing? And then it's a fullback dump pass for a first down. Oh, it might not right. be, it might not be Clemson, but it could be two when Notre Dame plays Miami. Cause Miami plays Wagner, the Wagner Seahawks. And there's no way Wagner is going to play football this year. Um, so when the Miami hurricanes come to town on September 12th and Brian Kelly and Lance Taylor and Tommy Reese bust out the T formation to punch one in the end zone and you're up in the booth and you just fist pump and spit a mouthful of chaw right on like Pete Sampson's <laughs> face as you're just like screaming at the top of your in the press box. <laughs> screaming at the top of your lungs as they bust up the T formation. There's no downside to having that in a, in a package. It is it's the, not the one a, thing I would say that there is a downside is they didn't have a spring install. True. So you don't no, have no, that, that is a, that's a solid point, but it's not like this thing's, I mean, it's, it's not just a rocket a surgery. It's just a formation is all. Yeah. So it, it, what was, what were, what were simple what one practices that? in 1950? in 1947 what was what was what was the install in 1947 just running plays the practice consisted of nothing but just running plays moose showed Uh, up during practice to do to do blocking right i mean oh yeah yeah the athletic director would show up i'd like oh hey hey how's it going i'm just gonna block on this play is that okay with you frank and he's like yeah that's great Um, oh yeah that's that's angelo angelo is that okay with you and angelo's like yeah, I'm just going to win a Heisman regardless running this tee, so uh, let's do it. Yeah, all of Frank's assistants were uh, were required to be in pads and to practice with the team. He yeah. required them to do that. Yeah, and so when, 
when uh, when Moose took the athletic director job, it was it was yes, it was he, a big part of that decision was he was tired of banging heads, like that he went from, <laughs> he went from a coaching job to an athletic director position because he was tired of getting beat up or I mean he was doing a lot of the beatings but he was tired of tired of all the physical uh, you know beatings that was going on. He That's, had uh, he had basketball uh, games to coach. <laughs> Yeah, he was a man. He was a man about town. A man did everything. God bless you, Moose. Uh, yeah, I would just think, you know, you could, it's such an easy thing, I, I believe, to install just a T formation package because you could, you only have to, it, these kids are smart and it's one formation, you know, and then you could run about, I mean, you could run a shit ton of plays out of the T, uh, you know, quickly. I, I just, I just think it's, it's there to use. Just you, so try it. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. If you were tight, if you were truly tight end, you, you put your two tight ends out there to put with your giant offensive line, with your quarterback who can, who can move. He's mobile. Tommy Trumbull could catch a pitch pass. Oh, right. There's yes. There's all sorts of, uh, if Jude was here, he would, he would, he would, he would poo poo the whole thing. Um, he would, but, but uh, I, I mean, I'm lockstep with it. Um, I don't have a problem. I, I just no, you're, think that you're not basing your whole offense around it. But th- this is, I think, it is a it's a quirk package that could be in your offense to use as you see fit. And you know, I mean, I you know, I despise bringing up Holtz, but I did like the way that just brought, that was brought out inside the five, and it was <laughs> you're not even giving it to a to a running back you're giving it to a defensive back so put fucking kyle hamilton in the t formation we saw in a spring game lewis nicks touch the football so i mean brian kelly's open to to some some unique things right well was that the 2013 spring game blue goal game oh yeah oh yeah we took the two-point conversion in yeah that was that was good it fun was, it was it was what it was a nice sunny day it was exactly what we <laughs> needed to uh, get us over the uh, alabama, the alabama game that we never thought uh, about again i yeah, I, I think that if we had had a spring, it might have been a little bit more reasonable. But like Brian Kelly said, they're going to they're going to strip this this playbook down to bare bones. Right. right. And we'll see yeah. what, what Tommy Reese has. But maybe Lance Taylor's got a I'm I mean, interested because it is well, sort of a one A one B with with Lance and my understanding with Lance and Tommy. So well, he is the running game coordinator. He is the running game coordinator, and Tommy's the pass game coordinator slash all OC slash QB, right? Is that, yep. is that right? Slash play caller. Yeah. Slash play caller. Did they he get, get the play caller tab? I mean, he did it in the bowl game. I can't imagine him he not calling the plays in the for the season. It's gonna be Tommy. There's, yeah, man, that's yeah, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of fantastic stuff we could have been concentrating on all year long but instead people chose not to wear masks and keep their social distance and now we are in a total impasse here i just I don't. well maybe maybe th- i mean we got if you think about a month ago everything a month ago seemed like it was going great a month from now maybe um the president finally seems like he's on team mask after six months so that's great um and with the reality of college football being in flux, maybe people take it seriously specific. Cause I think the most important thing is that people on college campuses take it very seriously. 
And that's where we're going to get into the most problems is it's not Kevin and Karen in Wyandotte, Michigan, that's going to prevent the season from happening. It's it's called a dress code, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's the students on campus that are going to prevent it from ultimately happening as rosters just devolve into, um, you know, non-existence. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. Whatever you guys can do to help. Because I, yeah. Just wear a GD mask, for God's sake. Fucking wear it. Wash your hands. Keep your distance. Don't touch your face. I want a football season. Don't make me have to go back to another off the rail show when they do derail everything. And just, it's, it'll be, it'll be sad. And it'll be three and a half hours long. And it's just going to be me taking out an entire bottle of Elijah Craig. Listen, I will take down a bottle of Elijah Craig with you, but then it would be two bottles of Elijah Craig because you'd have one and then I'd have one. And then the only one who wins is the Elijah Craig. And they don't even win because then they need to show up to work in a COVID environment because we're drinking all their bottles of Elijah Craig. That wouldn't even be a podcast. I would make that a video one so they could finally people could see my arms because there's just no way I could go on a solid rant without you seeing uh, the hand gestures and arm gestures here. There's just, you wouldn't understand it. it, it no. You need a Rosetta Stone. Yeah. I, I, if, if there's no season, we'll, we'll do a video one, and we'll both drink a bottle of Elijah <laughs> Craig. Um, I might not throw the hands up, but I will do the Irish exit and just disappear at the end of the podcast without saying goodbye. I'll have to uh, send. I'll have to send the wife and kids out. It'll just be me and Bo. Oh, Bo Bow Bower. Yeah, Bo Bow Bower. Uh, also, you know, one of the names that we did battle around uh, for a short time, and I was reminded about it last night, was how how good a name would this have been for a wiener dog? Nathan Junior, I think. That's the whole name, Nathan Junior. I think. Is that after the Nathan Franks? Because I do, no, I mean, so you could tie it into the Nathan Franks. Because that's but it my is go-to. A raisin, it's a raisin Arizona reference. Oh, starring the the uh, immaculate Nick Nick Cage, Nicholas yes, Cage. Yeah. Nicholas yeah, every Coppola. time they said, you know, which one was it? The Nathan Junior, I think. I think. So it was like uh, if we were going to name him Frank, it was for me it was an ov- obvious nod to Frank Leahy. Yeah. My wife it was more of a nod to Frank Furters. So with Nathan Junior, I think. It could be with Nathan Hot Dogs and uh, and that. And now we have we have reached the the point in the podcast where we, we probably need to call it quits. So you got you got anything uh, anything left here? Man, I don't have anything left other than uh, keep wearing masks. We're with the expectation that if you keep doing your best, we can start the season on time. Uh, whether or not the season starts. Uh, on time doesn't impact whether or not it stops uh, as expected. Uh, <laughs> but I at least want to on September fifth. Uh, is that right? Is 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 that the the is that the expected weekend at this point? Because we're not playing August 29th. No one knows. Not, now Brian, Kelly, Brian Kelly didn't even know if it was going to be the fifth or the sixth. Jack thinks <laughs> he, he said he thinks it's going to start on time. Um, <laughs> So I would like to I would like to sit down on the 5th of September and watch college football from sun up to sundown 
And the only possible way that that can happen is if, you know, you, you play by the rules, wear your mask. And whether or not you think masks are dumb or not, um, I don't care. Just just put it's it's not a big deal. Just put one on because um, it at least make me feel better about the whole ordeal. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. So uh, I just want to take a. A quick uh, moment here to thank Ryan Andy once again for coming on to the show. Uh, I, I have no idea. Maybe uh, maybe if you just follow Ryan and you're you're listening to the show for the first time and somehow you made it uh, past the two hour mark, uh, congratulations. Uh, we welcome. Uh, I, I don't know if that'd be the case, <laughs> but yeah, here we are. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks again to him. Uh, that, that was a great and fun interview, and I think. Uh, I'm definitely gonna. We got plans. I have plans for, uh, for some more stuff like that. Uh, that as we approach what we think might be, it's, it's just so hard to say. You can't even. It is. You, you got to trick yourself into thinking that there's, that there's a season. I don't know. But I want to thank you guys again for listening to the show. Uh, again, for the third or fourth time, get over to Apple Podcasts. We need those five star reviews, ratings. We love you. Uh, we know you love us, uh, so let us know all that. Uh, when whatever you do, write review. I will read on the next OFD podcast. So make him say horrible things. No, 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 no. Like whatever. Sure, make make me say horrible things. I've Tyler Palco's great. <laughs> you know he is great. He is he is great. To say, At least on right. one Saturday, I can re- I can respect Tyler Palco. I can respect. I can respect. I, I. That's the difference between me and, and a lot of people. I can respect the assholeness of it all. I can like. Yep, that's good for. Good on him. I have no problem with what he did. Uh, but it does not doesn't make him any less a villain, but just a respected villain. Uh, not like the uh, the crying bitch from Florida State after the game in '93, uh, whining to the voters. That is a villain that cannot respect there's a difference all right brennan yeah i mean i'm not talking about anybody who's got a pig face (laughs) all right guys thanks again for brennan and for jude at home go irish